Dave. Good morning, Greg. Uh, is it Monday? Well, <laughs> <laughs> we got to get Miguel California to do a Medic Tuesday. I know. Uh, he was intro. so bu- He's been so busy getting ready for our trip and everything. I didn't want to ask him, but I thought about it yesterday. Or I thought about busting in Medic Tuesday. <laughs> Medic Tuesday. <laughs> uh, it could be oh any day. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, dude, I had a crazy day yesterday. I don't want to talk about it, but I'm glad I, I could not have done a show yesterday. Yeah. I was up at 2 o'clock in the morning. <clears throat> oh, boy. After a dreaming. Busy day, but I'm happy to do a Medic Tuesday. Yes, we love on it. my not-so-busy day. So how you been, man? I'm doing okay, man. Doing okay. Yeah, you know, a little, little stressed about the, the gig coming up this week, but, I mean, you know, God's got it. It's under control. So let's see. You got a gig. You are going to be traveling again this weekend. Yep. Going to Bards Fest. Yep. Going to Bards Fest. It okay. starts on Thursday. Okay. So, and then next Monday is going to be your travel day again. Yeah, next Monday will be a travel day, so we could do a Medic Tuesday again. Yeah, I I, I got screwed up, and I I thought you were going to be traveling <clears throat> yesterday. So that's ah, all good. I was kind oh, well. of a train wreck yesterday anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe we'll do a Medic Tuesday next week. That's, All right. That's possible. All right. Yeah, because yeah, people really love it, and I hate it when we miss. You know, <clears throat> I mean, I know it's been kind of a little hit and miss lately, but, you know, we got to get back on the regular. We will. We will. Uh, life's been a little bit chaotic for, for a lot of us lately. Yeah. Uh kind of looking at what's going on with the Arizona audits and uh, interesting things happening. I don't know if yeah. you saw this. Karen Fan put out a um, kind of a press release yesterday about the audit. Um, and allegedly, uh, several of the audit team members have come down with COVID and they're yeah. pretty sick. Did see so that. The re- the re- it sounds like the report is not actually done yet. The draft report. And, you know, I, I keep warning people, hey, don't be a date fag. Uh, <laughs> don't start predicting dates of when stuff's going to be released. Yeah. Because the dates almost always end up being wrong. Uh, if you're trying to predict, you know, when things are going to happen, unless you get a hard number, a hard, hard date from somebody in, in a position of authority, someone who, who knows, um, I, it's very dangerous to predict dates. Yeah. And there's a lot of people on social media saying, well, there's going to be a preliminary report. And there's, there has never been anyone in a position to know who has ever said there's going to be a preliminary report. Now, uh, Steve Bannon and the guys on the war room have been saying for a long time there's going to be a preliminary report. I don't know why they say that. Uh, maybe they feel like their, their secret squirrel sources 
kind of information. Uh, but uh, Karen Fan and the people on the Senate committee have never, ever said there's going to be an interim report. It, it's always kind of been my understanding that there was going to be a draft report from the audit team to the Senate and that the Senate would then, the committee would then take that report, go through it, make sure it's factually correct, uh, get any clarifications, um, do whatever work needs to be done to make that report uh, suitable for public consumption. And then once they got that process done, the report would be released. And that's, that's I mean, Karen Fan has been giving out that message uh, for several months. Mm-hmm. And there's people out there who keep on want to, they would just want to muddy the waters and, and, and say things and promise things and pick dates and all this other stuff. And uh, I think we need to just, you know, just chill, relax. It's the report's going to come out when it comes out. It's not going to come out a minute before it's ready for, uh, for public consumption. It, it could be by the end of the month. It might be first week of September. We don't know. It's not like they're they're going to head fake us and not issue a public report. They are going to issue a public report. I see a lot of people commenting on social media. Uh, they're just kind of throwing shade on on the Senate, saying that they're going to the Senate's going to take out all the real information and and give us nothing but a a, a bunch of fluff that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why people are so so paranoid yeah. about everybody. Uh, they just think everyone can't be trusted. Well, the, the members of the Arizona Senate have taken so much heat, criticism, ridicule from the mainstream media, from their colleagues across the aisle in the Senate, from everyone. From everybody. Because, because of their uh, willingness to go through uh, this process, create, create a really well um, thought out process that is well documented with all the cameras and everything else. Um, they've taken enormous criticism for anyone to, to throw shade on, on them and say that they can't be trusted and they're going to give us some, some phony report full of jello. Uh, I'm, I'm offended by those kind of comments. Mm -hmm. I wish people would just stop saying things like that. It, It doesn't help our cause to cast doubt on these, these people that, that I, I see no reason to doubt them. Uh, I've never had any reason to doubt their integrity. They've always uh, delivered on what they said they were going to do. They've, they've conducted themselves, I think, in a manner that's worthy of our trust. And I think we just need to hang in there and realize that the, the audit reports could come out when it comes out. Yeah. And it's probably going to be pretty devastating, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and there's some, some last-minute things that popped up, too. Um, in her press release yesterday, Karen Fan noted that the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors finally coughed up the, uh, the images for the ballot envelopes. That's something that they were supposed to provide a long time ago, yeah. and they never did. And in the press release, it's images envelopes have finally been provided. So that is another piece of the puzzle that they'll have to go through and look at signatures um, on, the, on the envelopes. Mm-hmm. And see if they're see what kind of matching uh, they're able to do, if if any, because we know that um, they initially started out, I think, with either eighteen or twenty 
points of reference on the signature matching, and then they lowered the standard to like 12, and then they lowered it to six, and then they just got rid of it altogether. Because mm -hmm. there were so many mail-in ballots coming in, they didn't have the time and the ability to match all the signatures. So they just pretty much just got rid of the signature matching, which, which could be an unlawful uh, act. I don't really know. I'm not a legal expert, but yeah, um, th that's, that's another thing that has to be looked at. So, uh, and, and there are other things. Um, there are other things that are coming out. And, and if you follow me on Telegram, you'll note that I put out um, a request yesterday, mm -hmm. one of which concerns Maricopa County registered voters who received a ballot in the mail and did not request one. I guess I should explain what that's all about. So I was contacted by someone from the audit and they are trying to um, find out uh, how many voters received ballots in the mail that did not request them because that's actually a violation of state law. Mm -hmm. um, the, the state cannot send out ballots in the mail to people in Arizona if they were not requested, <laughs> right? And there's two ways that you can request them. One is you, you have to, in writing, request that the state put you on the permanent early voting list. That's one way. The other way is if you're not on the permanent early voting list, you could have requested in writing to be sent a ballot by mail just for the 2020 general election, right? So my, in that one post, I asked those two questions and I was told, hey, just have people call this phone number. And then that was actually incorrect. Uh, I was, they gave me some instructions later on saying, text the phone number, not call it. What they're trying to do is get um, the names of people who received ballots by mail who did not request them. And if they can get enough sworn statements or affidavits, they could probably take this to court because mm -hmm. it's against the law to do that. The other issue um, is has to do with whether or not you voted in person or given a provisional ballot and then had that provisional ballot rejected, right? So that, that was the second message I put out. And they're trying to, of course, determine <laughs> how many people who showed up to vote in person the, uh, on that day uh, of the election were re given provisional ballots and how many of them had the ballots rejected. And, and then the other question is, did you receive a written response stating why your ballot was rejected? And did you agree with um, the, the answer that was given? If you didn't, then again, text this number. And again, uh, the audit team is trying to find out. It's, it's a pretty important point. Why, how many ballots were rejected, provisional ballots? Uh, and why were those ballots rejected? So that's, it's just part of a fact-finding thing. And like I said, I just put those out there because the audit team contacted me. Mm -hmm. They know that I've got a, a pretty big following and they wanted uh, to know if I could do it. And I said, yeah, I'd be happy to. So I did. Now, I would imagine there are going to be other things that will come out related to the Maricopa County election. If you think that all the issues <laughs> are on the table right now, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that as time goes on, more issues are going to come up. Mm -hmm. I think that when the report comes out, it's going to highlight issues that 
the public is probably not aware of and had not thought of. I suspect that if the, that if the audit report uh, uncovers significant fraud, it may cause the Senate to audit other counties in Arizona and other races. Right now, that the audit is only looking at the presidential race and the two U.S. Senate races. But I think if they find enough fraud, like if they find ballot issues where um, a lot of ballots were rejected, um, like provisional ballots that people voted on, and the ballots were rejected. Um, and if there's, you know, if there ends up being something to the tune of 60 or 70,000 provisional ballots that were rejected, that would not just affect uh, Senate and presidential races, it would affect down ballot races. Yeah. Uh, so state senates, state you know, House of Representatives, uh, mayoral races, all of those races would be affected. And uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all uh, if the Senate ends up having to do something a little bit crazy, like just invalidating the entire election and doing it over again. Yeah. Um, well, you've said that for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, if, what, what do you do if uh, if your election is found to be full of fraud or e even if it's just full of uh, errors and malfeasance and incompetence? Um, if you find massive incompetence in an election uh, you go to court you present your case uh, and a judge can order whatever they want whatever remedy they want and i would not be surprised if a judge orders an, a new election in arizona the other option of course is just to name trump the winner but that doesn't solve the down ballot problems yeah it, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if we end up in arizona getting a new election hopefully if you know if a judge does that they they might specify you know get rid of the voting machines <laughs> no mail-in ballots everyone has to vote in person paper um, ballots paper ballots right if if a judge if a competent judge hears a case i would imagine they would put in some pretty specific um guidelines as to how the election is supposed to be conducted mm-hmm I, th I think that's where this is, is going to be headed, probably. It, everything's going to go to court. We know that. Karen Fan has, has told us that the reason why she's being so careful and the auditors are being so careful is they know everything is going to be litigated. When the, when the report is out, first thing that's going to happen is those Perkins Coie lawyers are going to start uh, filing, <laughs> filing lawsuits, filing briefs uh, to take everything uh, to court and try to get it... Uh, get a judge to rule against their various issues. So even when the report is issued, uh, the war is not over. The war is just beginning because then, you know, the battle goes to court. Mm -hmm. And that'll be interesting to, to follow that as it progresses. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to come out soon too, but you're so right about not getting caught up in the dates and, and all that stuff. I mean, uh, <sighs> I think there's a lot of things swirling around right now, you know, not just uh, the election fraud that, that's uh, being exposed, but I mean, you know, we got Afghanistan, you got the FDA yesterday approving this yep. jab, all this stuff. So, you know, like, are, are we in the, are the bands rolling on on shore, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> are they the bands be. here? <clears throat> they might be. Yeah, I, I think the storm is getting closer 
some people have been feeling for a long time like we're at the precipice. I don't think we're at that precipice yet. We're 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 going in that direction. Yeah. But I think that uh yeah, with with all the issues that are hitting the radar right now, uh, you know, the Biden administration now is gonna be pushing really hard for mandatory vaccinations. Um I think I'll, we've already got governors who are advocating mandatory vaccinations, uh, more lockdowns um, in, in Australia. Holy man, Australia and uh, New Zealand, what they're doing yeah. over there is just insane. It's they're, crazy. They're, they're, they're actually, uh, the police now are locking people in their apartment buildings and not letting them out. Yeah. Just, you know, um, the world is kind of devolving into chaos pretty quickly. Yeah. And as, as terrifying as that can be, as, as a participant and as an observer, to see these things uh, manifesting, um, it, it helps me to remember that these things are happening because the deep state is desperate to regain control after Trump uh, cut their legs out. They're, they're desperately trying to regain control. And they have one last shot at this. And, and they're doing it as fast as they can. They're doing it as forcefully as they think they can get away with. Implementing their agenda, whether it's the 2030 agenda or the Great Reset, or however you want to frame that. Uh, they're trying to implement their scheme of control to take back control of society, to, t- to, to get final control over society, to wedge us into little high-rise apartment cubicles in an urban area Mm -hmm. while they take over the all the natural resources of the country while they get rid of all international borders they get rid of uh, local law enforcement only have federalized police they're moving in in this direction and they're trying to implement their plan and they they feel like they have to do it as quickly as possible because they don't have a lot of time and, and, you know, the process of ramming all this stuff down our throats, they're just waking up everybody. <laughs> yeah. You know, for the people who didn't wake up during Spygate, who didn't wake up during the impeachment, who didn't wake up during COVID, now you've got people waking up over what's happening in Afghanistan. Yeah. Afghanistan is pissing off a lot of liberals who are starting to see the incompetence of, you know, not just Joe Biden, but the people around him all of this is going to just wake up more people. That's all the, everything they're doing is waking up more people. And my, uh, my goal is to wake people up. Yep. It's yep. to f- help facilitate the great awakening where people will wake up, see the truth, open their eyes, see that we've been lied to that evil people have been in power way too long. And that, uh, that power structure is crumbling mm-hmm. and, and join us in, in the movement to take back our country and take back the world. It, it's happening. You know, it's, it's unfortunate that uh, we have to allow them to do some uh, really despicable things, but they have to be allowed to do some despicable things as they do them. They're going to wake more people up. Yeah. And uh, it may look like they're going to win, but I don't think they are. I think they already know that they've lost. Yeah. Um, it's full on panic in DC right now. Yeah, it kind of is. 
Yeah. <laughs> now playing. Now playing in Theater One, Panic in D.C. Make sure you get your popcorn before you have a seat. <laughs> yes. Yes, the show is about to begin. Well, this Afghanistan sure. thing, I mean, it's like you're so right. I mean, I've I've heard people that I didn't think were ever going to, like, open their eyes to any of this stuff, and they were like, eh, I'm not so sure about Biden, but I'm definitely glad I didn't vote for Trump. And now they're like, oh, my gosh, Greg, what's going on? What's going on? Boy, can he tell me? Can he give me some hope? You know, it's like people are... People are finally seeing this stuff. And I mean, we spent 20 years over there. How many, how many of our soldiers lives, how many men and women, you know, you know, all these different things. And for them just, uh, well, they just totally screwed the pooch on the whole thing. But I mean, I think that was their plan. You know, I mean, they armed them up. I mean, it's like, it's their exact MO. It's what they do all the time. You know, they, they, they've just gone right back to the playbook, but unfortunately there's so many of us that know that playbook now and we're able to point it out, you know? Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Uh, they're going right back to Obama's playbook, which was Bush's playbook, uh, which was, you know, Clinton's playbook. Um, yeah. They're all they've all been reading from the same playbook for a long time. Seniors playbook, too. Yep. And now there's a lot of people like us who are able to observe what they're doing and go, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm seeing some patterns. <laughs> so let's look at history and see know how they did this and they did this and then they did it again and they did it again and they did it again and they keep on justifying what they're doing with these lame excuses and all you know this is what we're seeing now yeah uh yeah recognizing the patterns um being able to focus on the signal and not the noise i guess that's one of the things that right now there's a lot of noise out there there's a lot of chatter there's a lot of things people are saying and pointing to they're just noise um I think it really helps to focus on the signal, what is really important, what really matters. And there are a few issues, I think, that are worth focusing on. A lot of the other stuff, I think, is not worth focusing on. Distractions, uh, some of this is intended to demoralize us, and it's working. Uh, I, I notice that people's emotions go up and down based on various news cycles. A lot of people were down yesterday because of the um, approval of, of, of the vaccine. Which well, was not actually an approval. They just read yeah, the emergency, but it's wording, yeah, that's right? that's really good. You saw that, huh? Yeah, it's wording. They play the word game again. Of course, the news uh, runs with it, though, and it's like, oh, well, you know, that's what they say. Yeah, I was listening to Dave on X-22 last night. The other Dave. The other Dave. And he Great interview with up, you guys, by the way. Oh, glad you liked it. Yeah. Uh, Dave brought up a very interesting point last night, something I had not thought about. And since we have a little bit of time, I'm going to go into it. Come on. All right. It's about the vaccine. So, uh, Dave pointed out the fact that, uh, although vaccine manufacturers in general are given immunity against legal liability for damages from their vaccines. There are limitations to the immunity that they get. They can actually uh, be held liable for damages. And there are a couple of organizations that uh, receive complaints about vaccine-related injuries, and they facilitate settlements that the vaccine manufacturers have to, have to pay. Mm -hmm. and, you know, compensation for damages and all that. In his report last night, um, Dave went over that, that whole process. And 
he got me thinking. I was like, wait a minute. So there, there is a mechanism by which vaccine manufacturers can be held liable for damages if they uh, engage, particularly if they engage in unlawful practices. Mm. That's the caveat. The immunity uh, is granted to vaccine manufacturers as long as they don't engage in unlawful practices. Okay. But if they, let's say they create uh, fraudulent data for their, uh, you know, in, in their research, uh, or if they m knowingly misrepresent the facts, that's called unlawful conduct. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and if a vaccine manufacturer engages in unlawful conduct, they can be held liable for damages. Now, what I was thinking last night is, what if Trump uh, put out some bait for vaccine manufacturers, knowing that they're going to be basically immune from legal liability? What if Trump in Operation Warp Speed encouraged vaccine manufacturers to blow past all the normal uh, safety valves that drug companies have to abide by uh, when they're developing a vaccine? Because no normally developing a vaccine is a process that takes three to five years. Yeah. If you go through all the testing and trials. What if Trump encouraged and allowed vaccine manufacturers of uh, FDA, the CDC, to basically just ignore all of the normal uh, precautions and safety mechanisms and get these vaccines out here, uh, make them publicly available, knowing that they would at some point engage in unlawful conduct Boom. or willful misconduct, you, you could call it. Well, they have. They're blown by two years mm -hmm. of uh, testing, right? Right, right. So if they engage in willful misconduct, the immunity that they normally get is then not available to them, and they are then liable for damages if they engage in willful misconduct. I think there's a, a high likelihood that the vaccine manufacturers have engaged in willful misconduct. And I think that if, if, uh, if a couple of plaintiffs knew where to look, they could find that willful misconduct. Mm -hmm. They could go to court and they could probably get uh, some checks with a lot of zeros on them. And that's my suspicion. Everyone's been wondering, like, why would Trump push these vaccines? Why is Trump back in the Had vaccine? it in the why chat he... this morning. Like, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. It, it's, it just doesn't make any sense. From what we know of Trump, and I, I went to listen to this clip last night of Trump and Ben Carson, um, arguing about uh, autism related to vaccines during the 2016 debates bef when Trump was just a candidate. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ben Carson really took Trump to task for even suggesting that autism is related to vaccines. And Trump made a case that vaccines do cause autism. Right. So given the fact that we know that, that Trump has previously held sort of a, uh, a dim view of vaccines. It doesn't make sense for him to be pushing the vaccines the way he does. And, you know, last night I, I started to think after listening to Dave, I thought, you know, what if he set them up? Mm -hmm. What if this whole thing is a freaking setup to take down big pharma, to uh, expose the deception 
of the CDC and, and the FDA and let the public see once and for all how corrupt these institutions and agencies are. That's a good point. To me, that makes a whole lot more sense. Yeah. And people were saying, you know, because at the rally on Saturday, you know, he said something about the va the vaccines, which I think is awesome. He got some booze. But, you know, he said right. you have the freedom. You have the freedom to choose. It's it's emergency use. You know, you have the freedom to choose. Even Putin, right. you know, they spent how many years telling us Putin was bad, right? Even Putin's over there going like, yeah, it's it's wrong. You can't you can't mandate this stuff. You can't force people right. to do this. Right. Exactly. Uh, how do our how do our governors now look compared to Vladimir Putin when the governors are pushing vaccine mandates and our president is yeah. and Vladimir Putin, the evil scourge of Russia, uh, is telling us that we have freedoms and we should not be forced to take the jab. <laughs> Talk about flipping the script. Yeah, totally. So so knowing knowing what we know about Trump and knowing how he often engages in in deception and disinformation campaigns. And my example is um, the fact that Trump debated with Democrats in Congress for two years trying to get them to fund the wall on board. Yep. And uh, he never was able to get them to fund the wall. But in the process, he exposed the fact that Democrats support weapons trafficking, drug trafficking, and human trafficking. <laughs> yeah. And we know because of the Q posts that we, we found out nine months before Trump ever said anything publicly, we knew that he was going to fund the wall through the military yep. and build it with the Army Corps of Engineers. You have to re remember that Trump often has a, a covert strategic goal that is not apparent. Mm -hmm. Whenever he's doing something that doesn't make sense, it's a good idea to think outside the box and wonder if maybe he has an objective in mind that we're not aware of. And I suspect that that down the road, we're going to watch drug companies take uh, huge financial hits because they engaged in willful misconduct. And, and I think that, you know, look how many people are going to be getting these vaccines, millions, uh, hundreds yeah. of millions of people. And how many people are going to be injured? We don't know. Yeah. But I think that I think that Trump probably engaged in a little bait and switch operation with the drug companies. I think they took the bait, and I think they're going to be sorry down the road. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, that's that's kind of my perspective right now. He's a master player. Art of war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and there's like so many things with the vaccine, too. You know, I mean, they're ramping up their effort to get everybody vaccinated because, you know, we know in December these tests are going to they're going to change. And all of a sudden, hey, look at that. The flu's back. Yeah. You know, all these things happening. Plus, if they get 100 percent of the population vaccinated, then everybody starts having these horrible effects, which are not side effects. They're effects of the drug Then everybody's going to be sick and then they can mask over. But I don't think and none of that's working. None of it. Yeah, they're not going to be able to get uh, very many more people vaccinated, I don't think. No. I, I, it's I like an abusive they... relationship, you know? It's like, oh, honey, <laughs> yeah, I'm no, so sorry. Is. I'm so sorry. You better do it. You better do it. And then it gets meaner and meaner and meaner and meaner. Yeah. And then before you know it, it's like, bam. You know? Yep. 
they 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 know they they tried the bribery angle and they were able to get a few more people vaccinated using the if you, you know, fell for a vaccine for a donut man i'm just saying right now yeah if you took the jab for a donut i don't even know <laughs> what to say about you <laughs> or, or de blasio out there with his burger and fries remember that sick display yeah oh burger and gosh. fries get the jab got a free burger here and some fries for you um yeah if, if they they've tried the bribery angle and now they're going to have to use force they're going to have to strong arm everybody else who's going to get the, the jab and that's going to be a hard sell because i think the remaining population is pretty anti-vaccine they're just not going to go for it and you know mm-hmm. it's there's an interesting um effect again looking at the law of unintended consequences um what what are they doing by ramming this vaccine issue down our throats. Uh, if you took a survey uh, of a cross-section of the population four years ago and asked how many people were, were just purely uh, suspicious of vaccines, mm-hmm. however you want to word you know, the, the question, you'd probably find a very small cross-section of the population who were anti-vaxxers, maybe 5% of the population. Look now at the cross-section of the population that uh, has vaccine hesitancy. It's probably closer to 40%. Yeah. Right? What did they do? They woke up all those people. In the process of trying to ram this damn vaccine down everybody's throats, they woke up a bunch of people to the reality that vaccines may actually have some uh, deleterious side effects or yeah. uh, negative intended effects. So, you know, like I said, they just keep waking people up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the more they do pull these idiotic, evil operations, it just keep waking people up. Yeah. And and then and, not only that, not only are they forcing all this stuff down, they're trying to bring back the mask and the lockdowns and all this stuff, but then they're constantly getting busted, not following their own shit. You know, like Nancy <laughs> over the weekend <laughs> with with her dinner party and all this stuff, and the help are the only ones wearing the mask, which tells you a lot right there. The help are wearing the mask, but not the right. but not the elites that are sitting there. Remember, they they were so sophisticated at Obama's birthday party that they didn't need to social distance or mask up or anything. But the rest of us, you know, the 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 subjects in the in the land, you know, you've got to follow the rules. Yeah, we and to not to mention all these all these places, right? The the FDA, the government, you know, all these places, right? They're they're not mandating mandating the jabs, but everybody yeah. else. So you, you listen. The Pfizer CEO is not vaccinated. I know he can't even travel. Come on, man. The company Pfizer does not mandate vaccines. None of the vaccine companies mandate vaccines, uh, right? And and the FDA itself does not mandate vaccines. So like they're supposed to be the models of what you know we're supposed to be doing but they're not doing what they're telling us to do not at all one set of rules for us and there's another set of rules for you just follow your rules don't worry about what we're doing and it's always the same knuckleheads (laughs) it's always the same they don't even play their own game well well again uh people are i don't think people are quite as dumb as um the elites think they are. I mean, they call us sheep and they think that they really hate us. You know, one of the interesting comments that Marjorie Taylor Greene said a couple months ago, 
after you know being in Congress for, for a few months and being in committee meetings and getting to know members of Congress, she went on, I don't know if it was whatever social media site she was on. She said, you, American citizens, you need to know one thing. The people in Washington, D.C. absolutely despise you. Mm -hmm. They hold you in contempt and they hate you. It's, and it's just a sickening thing to listen to people like Nancy Pelosi claim to love our country, claim to want to represent our interests when we know for a fact they hate us, despise us, and they wish it in many ways they probably wish that they could get rid of us and didn't yeah. need us at all. No, they're definitely because trying. All, all we do is stand in the way of them accomplishing their objectives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, look what they're doing in Australia. You know, I know, I know, I know we talked about it earlier, but I mean, just a week ago, you know, if you went outside, you weren't allowed to talk to your neighbor. You weren't allowed to converse with anybody. Now they're, they're locking people up in their homes and, and you know, all this stuff. I mean, the only reason they don't do that here is because we got so many damn guns, you know, not because we're going to go out there and go, you know, start shooting up the town because that's not what we do. But one of the one of the things that scares them the most is that we are a well-armed militia. And the more of us that are waking up and realizing this, you know, and I mean, they're trying to paint us as domestic terrorists and all this stuff again. You know, I mean, like the DHS coming out and saying, oh, if you talk against the COVID mandates, yeah, that's domestic terrorism. Oh, if you if you talk about election fraud, domestic terrorism, you know, they got all these things labeled these religious things. You know, it's like it's just it's not working. And that's one uh, of the things that stresses me out about going to Bards this week is because they're literally like everything that we're doing is like, oh, well, it's a big domestic terrorist rally. You know, yep. it's like, how are they going to mess with us? I mean, they've they refunded all the tickets to people. They canceled the events, the the, the, the arena bowed down to pressure, you know, all these different things. So it's like, you know, what awaits? Yeah, well, it, it's a very interesting dynamic because on the one hand, we know that they're surveilling us. We, we know that they have uh, federal agents observing, listening, watching what we're doing, reading our emails, reading our text messages. You know, they're, they're surveilling us because they feel like, you know, we're, we're a threat to their power structure. And we are. We are. I was going to say we are. <laughs> we definitely are. We absolutely are a threat to their power structure. Yeah. And they know that. That's why they're harassing us. That's why they're targeting us. That's why they are um, slandering us with their press releases, call, calling us um, domestic terrorists, because they know that we are a clear and present danger to their corrupt, evil way of controlling the world. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, losing, they're losing power. They know it. Yeah. And that's why they're targeting us. Uh, I'm kind of enjoying the show. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, does anyone really like knowing that, you know, they're observing everything you're doing and, and, and uh, surveilling you? I don't enjoy it. But I like the fact that they're threatened by what we're doing. And, you know, yeah. as far as an armed citizenry goes, the use of force for us comes in defending our homes. One thing we have to make really clear is we do not advocate people going out in the streets and causing violence and inflicting harm on other people. That's what Antifa does. Yeah, that ain't us. Uh, which they did again in Portland uh, over the weekend. It is not our job to be out in the streets uh, rioting, looting, 
uh, hurting people and, and, and breaking stuff. Mm -mm. The only violence that we should ever engage in is if someone comes to our door and tries to force something on us that is against the law. They yeah. try to come to your door and force you to take a vaccine. You have every right to defend yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, castle doctrine. <laughs> Look it up. The reason why they know they're not going to be able to force vaccines on us is because they know we're a well-armed citizenry. And they're not going to come in and kick in our doors and vaccinate every one of us because half of us are, you know, we've got AR-15s and we're not going to... We're not going to let them do that. They know yeah. that. The so, way so we th fight is so much dangerous than than all that anyway, because we fight with truth and facts. We can actually back this stuff right. up. You know, a bully goes out there and does the things that they do. We're engaged in a war, uh, and every day goes by, I learn more about the various domains in which this war is being fought. So we, we know we're fighting an information war, and and information is an interesting thing. You know, they're, they've always controlled the population through information mm -hmm. for probably 75 years at least through mainstream media and the press and they're losing control as digital soldiers as we get out there and spread the truth knock down the lies and debunk their nonsense we are gaining the information superiority and it's just growing Mm -hmm. uh, the, when the audit report comes out, it's going to give us more ammunition to use in our information war. And we're going to continue, you know, red pilling people, waking them up, showing them the truth. Um, it's very interesting to me now that the mainstream media has turned against the Biden administration. You know, it, it didn't take too long. All they had to do was botch the withdrawal in Afghanistan. And the mainstream media is now in lockstep criticism of the Biden administration. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's very interesting that we've almost gained a partner in the mainstream media. Do well, you think that's there, a setup for the 25th Amendment? Uh, I, I kind of do. Uh, I think there is, you know, CNN doesn't, the, the reporters for CNN don't do or say anything that isn't scripted. True. They, they take orders and they're only, a, they don't go off script. Um, they're, they're very, they're pretty disciplined. Uh, News Corps, they only say what they're told to say. Mockingbird Media, mm -hmm. they don't freelance. They don't improvise. So there, I think that there's a coordinated, purposeful uh, reason as to why the mainstream media is now criticizing Biden. And they're not covering, and they're not uh, making excuses for his botched withdrawal. They're pointing out the fact that, you know, Biden said this in the press conference, and then his secretary of state an hour later contradicted what he said. It's interesting to, to note how the mainstream media is attacking Biden, suggesting that he is slipping mentally. Uh, that's, that's the angle that they're using. They're using the angle that Biden is either really poorly informed or um, is cognitively impaired, uh, sometimes both. Yeah, I was going to say, I think both, but... Uh, yeah, and, and I think that's probably leading toward a 25th Amendment thing. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they have been told, we're going to push for removal of Biden from office, and they need to set the narrative ahead of time to legitimize that. But nobody so, wants that train wreck Kamala. Well... <laughs> and interestingly enough, do you see that she's stuck in Singapore right now? Yeah... 
funny how that works. Yeah, it's in, it's uh, like uh, really. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was I was observing and I was I was wondering if they were going to actually let her go uh, to Southeast Asia, um, because letting her go it does not happen without risks. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if Biden is here at the homeland without her, she's over there in Singapore that that creates risk for them and apparently they felt the risk was uh, was worth taking and they let her go on this trip it'll be interesting to see what happens when when she gets back um how uh, how rapidly they roll out the 25th amendment uh, thing i think it's coming i'm not convinced that she's going to be inaugurated you listened to my interview with dave i, I, I did too yeah, yeah, and I love that you gave Dave an aha moment, and I heard it in the next report. He was like, bam. Well, you know, that's that's the great thing about um, working together as a team of Anons. Like, Dave will sometimes pick up things that I say, and sometimes I'll pick up things that he says, and it'll help. You know, I help him get a different perspective on things. He helps me. A lot of us have been reading Patel Patriots articles on devolution, Patel Patriot gives provides a lot of background information and, and he connects the dots really well. And we're all sort of uh, working together as a community to kind of figure out what, what exactly is happening here. Yeah. But uh, with respect to the 25th Amendment, you know, I, it's pretty simple. I believe the military is going to intervene at some point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you go back to January 21st episode of Give Him 15, Dutch Sheets shared a dream that one of his prophetic intercessors had. She had this dream on the 17th of January, so three days before the inauguration. And in the dream, she saw uh, a group of politicians trying to coax Kamala Harris to sit at the Resolute desk in the Oval Office because it was her turn. And in that dream, uh, a military general stepped in and basically took them all into custody. And it was at the point where Biden was gone hmm. and Kamala was about to be inaugurated. Yeah. And you've said for a while, you think right there in that moment of flux, boom. Yeah. You know, just thinking about it uh, strategically and tactically, if, if I were the military, if I were you know, putting together this plan, if you know that they're going to do the 25th amendment and, and it, look, if they're going to do the 25th Amendment, if they planned it out, I guarantee you military intelligence knows about it. Mm-hmm. And if they have a particular date in mind, military intelligence knows about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, just spitballing. But I would assume that if they're going to do it, that the military is going to do it, that'd be the most opportune time to do it. Uh, when Biden is no longer president, he's been removed, and Kamala has not yet been inaugurated. Well, you don't actually have a commander in chief. Yeah. It's sort of a power vacuum right there. Yeah. That would be the perfect time for the military to step in. And I, I don't like to predict dates on things. That, you know, you, you know me. Yeah. I just don't think it's worth You've um, trained me well. your heart set on particular dates. But I think if if I were a member of the military and if I were helping plan this operation, I would target that as a as a potentially advantageous time in which to uh, 
to drop the hammer. Mm -hmm. You know, again, just spitballing. I don't have any inside information. I don't know that that's going to happen. I just think that it would it would make sense to me. Yeah, we're coming. We're coming close to that. There's a lot of stuff spinning yep. out of control at the moment. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but I've heard you talking more and more about devolution. That's why I, I kind of wanted to go there with you and talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I think devolution is a very uh, interesting theory. Yeah, um, a lot of know, people are like, it's a, oh, it's hopium. It's just more hopium. But it makes sense. Well, you know, you can call it that. If you don't bother to actually read the articles and look at the way Patel Patriot connects the dots, if you just hear people talk about devolution and that Trump is really the commander in chief, you'd it'd be very tempting to just dismiss it as hopium. Yeah. Uh, the same way that people dismiss Q as, as hopium or a CIA psyop who have never actually read the posts. Mm -hmm. um, Where can people go find those? Because I see uh, in the chat the people are asking. The articles? Mm -hmm. On Telegram, there's a Spitballers channel. Patel Patriot, has, he has two channels. One channel is called Patel Patriot, and he posts messages in there, and he puts out links to articles. He's up to nine articles. His 10th one is coming out pretty soon. I think it may be coming out today. So you can get them on the Patel Patriot channel. You can get them on the Spitballers Telegram channel. If you go to, if you just like search, do, a, do an internet search for Patel Patriot Devolution, you'll come up with the website. He is writing the articles on Substack. So he's got a Substack account. Substack is a blogging platform. A lot of people are using it. D-E-V-O-L-U-T-I-O-N. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, just do an internet search. You, you'll come up with it. And Man, um, Don't follow my so, bad spelling. So the thing with devolution is you can look at it as hopium, uh, as just another delusion that uh, we crazy Trump people just can't bear the reality of the fact that Trump is out of office and Joe Biden won the election fair and square. And, and that's all there is to it. <laughs> uh, you could, you could look at it that way. I, I, I don't, I've read the articles. I've looked at the way Patel Patriot has connected all the dots. Mm -hmm. And I have always wondered why did Trump appoint Chris Miller acting secretary of defense two days after the election? Why did he make Ezra Cohen Watnick, Undersecretary for Intelligence. Why did he make Kash Patel uh, Chris Miller's chief of staff? Why did Anthony Tata become Undersecretary for Policy? Two days after the election, Trump just lopped the head off the Defense Department and replaced all the people at the top. And he was he was a lame duck president. He was going out in two months. Why would it be so important to put in trusted allies? at the top of the Pentagon mm -hmm. if he was just going to be leaving in a couple of months and it wasn't going to make any difference. Yeah. I've always wondered why he made all those changes. And, and then Cash Patel as the chief of staff and Chris Miller as uh, acting secretary of defense, they made massive changes to the way, particularly the way that special forces uh, report. They, re they then, they made some changes where special forces uh, report directly to Chris Miller, not to the bureaucracy in D.C. 
and and they made a lot of other changes and and I saw this happening at the time and I was like, what are they doing? What's going on? Why all this energy to change all these things when, you know, Trump lost the election and he's going to be leaving the off with the Oval Office in a couple of months. Why all these changes? And if you look at if you look at the way Patel Patriot puts all these things together, I think he uses very sound reasoning. Yeah. Actual information. Um, you know, there there is very little speculation in any of this. It's all just putting together the pieces, the facts as we know them. He 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 presents the facts as we know them, and makes some very logical conclusions based on the facts as we know them. That's why I think that devolution is is a really good theory. It's a theory. We don't know that it's it's factual. We do know that there is a process called devolution. It's a real thing. Uh, it's a contingency uh, concept for continuity of government. Uh, in, in the event of you know, unforeseen circumstances, it's a real thing. The question is, did Trump implement devolution in his administration prior to leaving office? Now, that that is a matter of speculation, but I think the evidence. I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that he did. Yeah, I was going to say because I mean he had those special emergency powers too that he he would have been able to do sure. some of the stuff behind the scenes and set it all up. And he's a master player, so you know sure. just the fact that when he walked up, remember remember like oh remember the twentieth, remember inauguration day, and he was like go have a nice life. That's totally against anything. He's not just riding off into the sunset, not not having a plan. So yep. you know, yeah. The other thing is. Um, uh, this is a big uh, question for people. If you know Trump and you know how he thinks and you know how he um, views things, if you assume that Trump knew the election was going to be stolen and you have to know that he did because he warned us for seven months prior to the election that they were going to steal the election yeah. through mail-in balloting. I mean, it's not like we don't know that. Trump yeah. was warning us for months they're going to steal the election. So if Trump knew the election was going to be stolen, do you think that he would put in place some plan to mitigate the damage of a stolen election? Yep. I think he probably did. Yeah. And the idea of devolution hinges on the fact that Trump actually told us that he viewed the release of COVID from the Wuhan lab as an act of war. I mean, he's, he's said that yeah. publicly. Yeah. So if Trump told us that we were essentially in a biological war or an information war against China, an undeclared war, and if Trump knew that the election was going to be stolen, you would think he'd want to do something to prevent uh, the country from uh, suffering the effects of a stolen election, particularly if Trump knew that China was going to be the one to steal the election. Yeah. If Trump if Trump knew China was going to steal the election and viewed it as an act of war, then as the commander in chief, it, he would it would be his responsibility to respond to an act of war in such a way as to mitigate the damage from a stolen election and COVID. Mm -hmm. So based on based on those um, those realities, I think devolution has some legs in it, and I'm interested in reading uh, the 10th installment, which Patel Patriot said um, his next article is based on a question that I asked him. 
<laughs> oh, nice. I asked him uh, when he thinks would be the earliest time at which we might have gone to war with China in an undeclared war. And we, we both did a little bit of research. We came up with different um, dates, but he said that his next article is going to be based on that question. So very cool. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. See how all this goes. It's yep. frustrating. And at times, you know, it, it, it gets tiring and, and it's, Oh my gosh, man, just come on already. But you know, Make we got, arrests. but we got throw these people yeah. up, throw them in jail. We're tired. I think I was bitching a little bit yesterday. I'm like, I just want to see some handcuffs, you know, cause I mean, we do, but we got to do it right. We, it, it has it to right. be done right. And it has, it has to, to be, be one right. big sweep. It has to withstand legal challenge. It has to be done correctly. It has to be done by the law. Uh, we cannot screw this up and do it the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, we, we can't, we can't just do things uh, willy nilly uh, and we can't abuse power. The, the whole idea behind what we want is we want a res return of equal justice under the law. Mm -hmm. We can't uh, demand equal justice under the law on the one hand and then circumvent all the laws on the other hand in rounding people up and arresting them. Yeah. The law has to be followed. It has to be done according to the best practices, policies, procedures, and, and under the law. So yeah. it's going to take time. Uh, it's not going to get done over a weekend, Dave. Come on, man. We are not going to save the planet from a 6,000-year-old death cult this weekend. Sorry, it's not going to happen. Dang it's going to take man. a little longer. Uh, <laughs> I'm in it to win it, though, you know? Me too. Whew. All right. Well, I'm glad we got uh, got I I'm glad we got our, our broadcast out today. So I mean, that's that's Oh my great. gosh. Uh yeah, I'm I'm glad that your software and everything cooperated today. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Nice. When I was waiting for you to come in, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, if I click on this button, is it going to freeze? Is it going to freeze?" <laughs> yeah, Q did say it's got to be this way. And I mean, like uh, those of us that have been following along for a long time, I mean, we we knew it had to have been like this. I'm just yep. I, I just looked down in the chat. I saw somebody say that. You know, it's not it's not to be surprised, but I mean, think about the patience of Job we're gonna have when this thing's over. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, it's easy to to dismiss uh, the importance of building character in the process, mm -hmm. but God is far more interested in developing good character in us than anything else. Mm -hmm. We want instant results. God wants us to develop godly character. Yeah. And developing godly character comes through perseverance, persistence, through trial and testing, and being shaped and molded through the circumstances of life. And many times those circumstances are uh, not all roses and sunshine. Yeah. Well, we got each other too, so we do. That's a beautiful thing. Yep, you're a beautiful thing, Dave. We love you. I uh, thank you, Mr. Greg. Uh, you're uh, you're a good egg, Charlie Brown. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> hey, how's it going with the books? We got a book update. Going really well. Good. Uh, since I turned off the chat on my Telegram channel, I noticed that. I was like, wait, what happened? <laughs> oh man. People were, were were getting a little bit carried away. Uh, I think it was a night that 
Trump did his interview with Hannity. Yeah. And a lot of people got in the chat and got pretty obnoxious. And rather than saw that. Uh, deleting a lot of comments and bouncing a lot of people out of the chat, I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to turn off chat for a while. Yeah. It was becoming a distraction. There was way too much arguing and fighting going on and, and accusations and name calling and a lot, just a lot of negative energy in the chat. So I decided to turn off the chat and it's been really smooth ever since then. What that does for me is I don't have to go into the chat then and moderate all the arguments and fighting yeah. and, and determine, you know, what's going on. I can post news and information and, uh, and work on the books. And that's what I've been doing this week. Made a lot of progress on the dream, dream book. So that glossary yeah. at the back, I'm making huge progress on that. And I think I'll have that glossary finished by the end of the week. Making good progress on it. Denise has most of that manuscript edited. So we should be releasing that dream book probably sometime in September. And then, and then I can work on the book on power and authority. That, nice. That'll come right after the book on dreams. Excellent. I can't wait for that one. And then the third Q book. Woo. I haven't really said this publicly, but I've been rethinking my strategy on the third Q book. Really? Yeah, I've been I've been telling people that I'm going to hold off on publishing that. I'm thinking that maybe I need to publish it. I need to convince Denise of that, though. She's not convinced that this is the right time. Lord, we're just praying for Denise right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she has some concerns about publishing it at this time. The, the concerns are somewhat valid. So we're going to have to have a little uh, meeting of the minds and see what we come to. But I'm going to work on that manuscript and get it shaped up. It, the book is finished, but I'm going to change some of it. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to change the direction in which that book goes as a story and see if I can get Denise's consent to publish that sooner rather than later. We'll see how it goes. Well, if you need a proofreader, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I always try, people. I always try. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll take that under advisement. Yeah. Well, we love you, Dave. So listen, next Monday, guys, we won't be here because I'll be traveling. But we're gonna try we'll try to do like a medic Tuesday and medic Wednesday next week. Huh? Good. That works. Yeah. All yeah, right. I'll shoot for that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dave. We love you so much. Um, we'll be keeping you in prayer, keeping you lifted up, and uh, keeping our eye out for, for the news from you. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, being flexible and working with my schedule. Right. Well, uh, I think both of us. Prayers, everybody. Yeah, please keep me and Denise in prayer. Keep the president in prayer. Keep Q and the team in prayer. And I'll catch you on Medic Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if I can get Miguel to come up with another little song for us. Uh, no pressure. Yeah. I'm sure he has more important things to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, man. Well, listen, I love you so much. I'm going to get out of here. You guys get out of here. Go have the best day. This will be available up on, what, Rumble later on today or tomorrow? Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it up on Rumble uh, today. Okay. Awesome. So make sure you go over to CloudHub, go to the meeting section, and sign up. Each day of the event out there, all four days of Bard's Best, we're going to be broadcasting from out there. You'll be able to see it and interact uh, with each other in the chat. There's going to be breakout rooms for some of the speakers. There's going to be handouts. So many surprises, it's not even funny. 
Um, but make sure you go over to CloudHub and sign up for that, and that way you get notifications of when it goes live for all four days of the event. <laughs> I love you guys. God bless. I'll see you soon.